A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone, Brandon's not here. This is John, so I'm going to have to start this podcast in a man in the a manner befitting Brandon. Hello, welcome to the sportive. That's all I got. That's my Brandon impersonation. Uh, I'm John. No one else is here, or no one else from the normal podcast was available. So, with that in mind, I turned to local sports knower and local. Brother Dave Marthaler is here with me. Hi there. Now, a lot of people are going to be listening in their earphones or on their car stereos or their boom boxes or whatever they use to listen to their podcast. And what they're going to be saying right now is, is John talking to himself? And the answer is no, not really. There are two people here, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm told our voices sound similar. Obviously, they don't to me. They don't to you. So I guess what I'm saying is, Dave, the listeners just need to deal with it. I think that's true of every podcast. On that's show. right. <laughs> Everybody just <laughs> needs to deal with it. That's how we've got to the 249th episode. People have just dealt with it, and they're used to it now. I, I like to think so. Yeah. And Dave has a good Minnesotan accent, just as I do, just as everyone else on our podcast does. So I think he should fit in. He's been on the podcast before. This should go fine. You say that it's going to sound like you're talking to yourself as if it doesn't always sound like you're talking to yourself. Well, most of the time I am. You, you've you heard from the World Cup podcast we've done this summer that basically Brandon will ask me a question and I'll just talk for 47 straight minutes. So if it sounds like that, it's not just because I'm talking for 47 straight minutes this time. And to begin with, I want to start with what's on all of our minds during the summertime, the Minnesota Wild. Your Minnesota Wild have made two big signings in the last week, Dave. Do you are you a supporter or not a supporter of the contracts that they gave to Matt Dumba and Jason Zucker? Just a just a recap. Dumba got, I believe, five years, thirty million. Zucker got five years, twenty-seven and a half million. This is a perfectly sportive recap in that I can't remember exactly what contracts they got. Zucker got a little less than Dumba. They're both pretty young. These are big contracts for him. They both were a couple years from restricted free agency. Good signings, bad signings. Well, they didn't get signed for 10 years to pretend <laughs> that we're trying to compete. That's true. So in that sense, I very much support them. Their contracts do run out sometime this century. <laughs> um, on the plus side, they are keeping together the core of a team that has made the playoffs six years in a row. Right. So it, it's hard to get very angry that a team that has been successful by almost any definition of success is being held together. Is This is the kind of thing we brought you on the podcast here for, Dave. 
Is Paul Fenton actually Chuck Fletcher wearing a suit? The names do sound very similar, don't they? They didn't try very hard yeah. to disguise. So, oh, yeah, Chuck Fletcher got fired. My name is Paul Fle- Fenton. Fenton. I, I like to think they, they started with like the Spoonerism way, and <laughs> then they said it out loud a couple of times and said, what? No, no, no. Can't do that one. Nope. That's nope, not that's, good. That's not going to work. We're, we're not going to do the Spoonerism. Let's think of something else. Let's uh-huh. brainstorm. Let's call him Paul instead. Yeah, Paul, that's a good solid mm-hmm. name. It's very, it's a little strange to me at least, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a little strange that they brought in a guy, not to change course, famously they said during the press conference that announced Fenton's hire that they were going to tweak the team, and they said it about 500 times, so clearly Fenton wasn't going to overhaul the organization, but he's done basically nothing. Did you look at the organization and think, boy, this is an organization in need of overhauling? Well, I don't know. See, this is something... Uh, go ahead and mark your mark your clocks, people, because I'm going to I'm gonna compare the Minnesota Wild to Glenn Mason four and a half minutes well, into the podcast. How dare you? How and dare we're already you? getting Glenn Mason comparisons. Right now, Stu, if he's listening, is laughing his head off. Because this is something you and I have actually talked about, Dave. At a certain point... You try to be happy with your team not winning a championship every year because they're not. They're not. All of your teams are not going to win championships every year. And when your team is terrible, what you tell yourself is, I just wish my team wasn't terrible. I just wish they were somewhat competitive. I just wish they weren't garbage. But then when they get like where the Wild are, which is they're a good team. They've made the playoffs six straight years out of a division that is by consensus, the most difficult division to play in in the NHL. They've made the playoffs in every one of those years, and they've gone basically nowhere. And I think people are getting a little antsy. And the comparison to Glenn Mason is that, in a similar way, Mason was not a good coach. He did not have success. If you look at his record, he was not overall successful. But coming on the heels of Jim Wacker, he improved the team from a laughingstock to a mediocre nightmare. And by the time that he left, you and me were ready to put him on a boxcar and push that boxcar into an ocean. I don't think that's how boxcars work. Well, in this case, I was trying to think of something <laughs> other than my usual put him in us, put him in the space shuttle and launch him to the moon. So I came up with a different motor transportation <laughs> and a different potentially murderous place to launch him to. So you're just going to have to cut me some flack on that one, Dave. <laughs> And we can. I don't want to go down the. I don't want to go down the tunnel of comparing Chuck Fletcher to Glenn Mason here. But are you, I, are you not down the tunnel of comparing Chuck Fletcher? I, to Glenn I mean, Mason? but getting into saying like, well, Glenn Mason was a jerk. He was he was terrible to everyone. Glenn Mason was gaslighting Gopher fans. I mean, we have on this podcast we've talked too much about Glenn Mason. I've talked about him for the last two minutes. That's too much. <laughs> is, it, but, is this not why you had me on us? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you are not going uh, to stop me when I start okay, wearing well, So much for all the notes I took. <laughs> Dave right now, <laughs> obviously we, we won't have a picture of anything, but Dave right now has a giant cardboard cutout of Glenn Mason that he just lit on fire. <laughs> it had scribblings like a beautiful mind scribblings all over it, and now it's gone. He had a lot of... Uh, notes is a strong word. Um... The point I'm trying to make is, have we reached that point with the Wild where, at this point, you just want them to do something, whether it's getting terrible or whether it's getting better, but staying the course just seems unsatisfying now. I 
I don't think in the NHL that there is such a thing as, oh, we're only making the playoffs. It's time to burn it all down. Hmm. You look at Washington this year, they didn't make huge moves and wild changes. They just kept the same team together. That's true. They developed a little bit. They got hot at the right time. Some other teams lost, and they won the Stanley Cup. (laughs) The amazing thing about Washington is by the end it felt inevitable, but there was a time in like the third period of their opening round series against Columbus in game three when they were about to go 3 nothing down. And most of the talk about Washington was, is everyone going to get fired or are they going to fold the franchise and then fire everyone? Right. They'd fired Bruce Boudreau, but that hadn't really done, you no. know, had the intended effect. And then this <laughs> they year they only won- hired another rotund bald coach, yeah, Barry Trotz. Yeah, I, and you can't actually convince me that Barry Trotz and Bruce Perdue are not the same person. Yeah, it's, it's accurate. Um, Barry Trotz looks slightly more like Charlie Brown. That's the only difference. And Bruce Boudreau looks like an angry baby. <laughs> um, uh, yes, that's that's correct. But I, I think that is a a reason to say, well. Let's just keep doing more or less what we're doing. They don't have the room to make wild changes. Yeah, after but, signing Dumber and Zucker, they're basically out of cap room again, but which is fine. Even before that, they don't. They're they're stuck with Parisi. They're mm-hmm. stuck with Suter. They're stuck with Koivu. Yep. It's not like they can get rid of those guys and start over. And, and to a point, they're stuck with some of the younger guys they've signed to yeah. decent sized contracts. They're not to the level of. Koivu and Suter and Parisi in terms of dollars or the term on them. But they're stuck with Gronlund. They're stuck with Niederreiter. They're stuck with Brodeen. Now Dumba and Zucker in that boat. And those are all good players. Don't get me wrong. They're not stuck in the sense of Miko Koivu where they would trade him for a handful of beans, magic, or otherwise. But they, they're, in some ways, they're all in on these guys for the next three, four, five years. And those guys are going to have to improve and get better if the Wild are going to improve and get better. They're not doing it from outside anymore. That's true, but they were never doing it from outside because Chuck Fletcher always liked to trade all the draft picks for a bag of magic beans at the deadline. Magic or otherwise, I think you'll find. and, And then the bag of magic beans would turn out to be Tory Mitchell. Oh, it's Martin Hamlet again. <laughs> it's No, who am I thinking? Martin Hansel. Martin Hamlet. He played for the Wild before that. I've reached the point where I'm starting to confuse everyone. Well, they have had a lot of very mediocre players named Martin over the recent few years. <laughs> like, they, one of their free agent signings this summer was Eric Fair or Fear. It's spelled F-E-H-R. I don't actually know how to pronounce it. Mm. But I thought, until I went and looked at a picture, I thought for... I was like, why Why did they get that guy back? He was like a fourth-line center, a third-line center. I'm thinking of Eric Belanger. <laughs> They're both mm-hmm. named Eric. That's the only comparison I have between them. That, that is a, a different way of getting people confused, yeah. but one I support. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, honestly, where the Wild are, they have the sense to know that they have a core. They're not going to be able to swap all those pieces out. So they've kept it together. They're hoping for some guys to... You know, minor signings that come up huge, like Eric Stahl. I don't know how many more of those. You're not Wait. going to find guys that you sign for nothing because everyone thought they were out of the league and then they tie the franchise record for goals scored. Right. Um, they need some guys 
some young guys to step up and be legit contributors. They haven't had a lot of draft picks that people are excited about. I guess Jordan Greenway and Luke Coonan are fine, although didn't Coonan play for Wisconsin? Yeah, Luke Coonan did go to Wisconsin. Okay, well, forget him. Yep, but that's over. Um, Greenway went to BU or BC. Greenway went to BU, so okay. we won't hold that against him. Well, we'll hold it We're against not, him. Yeah, we'll hold it against him a little, but not to the same point as we do for those badgers. Yeah, anyway, Luke Coonan is a monster. That <laughs> is. Put him on a boxcar and put him in the ocean. Uh, but that's just what they have to do. I think I don't think anyone's looking at them and saying, gosh, they're not a playoff team. Gosh, they're going to finish seventh in the division. And I think that's all you can ask. And I appreciate this way. I appreciate that the Wild are legitimately trying to put a team on the ice that can win. Right. They're not tanking. They're not trusting the process. They are not trusting the process. And I, as a fan, appreciate a team that says, hey, the point of us is to try to win as many games as we can, not let's trade all of our our players for various bags of magic beans, a.k.a. the strategy we use with our fantasy baseball team every (laughs) year. Yeah, that's Dave and I manage a fantasy baseball team together, and it is a bad, bad team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is... We have, if you went down the all-star roster in the American and National League for pitching, you would find about 25 guys that Dave and I have given up on after two starts because we were so angry at them. It's a, it's a reactionary Al Davis style of management, and I'm not proud of it. I think Al Davis was senile enough after a while that he didn't fire everybody right away. Well, I don't know how to pronounce Eric Fair or Fear's name, and I confused him with Eric Belanger. So how am I doing here? Well, we, you know, our our management style is mostly based on spite, and for that reason, <laughs> I think uh, the, the appropriate comparison would be Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know who Jose Mourinho... I think everyone knows who Jose Mourinho yeah, is at he's this point. A, a tiny little man who once he's, poked somebody in the eye in a brawl on the sideline. We should, just to take a little sidebar and talk about Jose Mourinho, I saw I saw a story the other day about... <laughs> well, a hold, man, hold on, how long have you been waiting to say, let's take a little sidebar and talk about Jose the Mourinho? The whole podcast. What is this? This is episode 249, and this is the first time ever. Um, there was a story that came out the other day. It could have even been today. I don't actually remember. Where... Somebody from Manchester United, and again, I think it was—I think it might have been Anthony Martial, or it might have been Marcus Rashford, one of Manchester United's many pacey young wingers, um, had left the team to go be with his girlfriend who was giving birth. And the story wasn't, oh, local soccer player is having a child. The story was... Manchester United is going to sell this player because he left camp without permission. Or Jose Mourinho is now done with whichever player this was. And I'm afraid I can't remember exactly who it was. Again, Eric Bellinger, Eric Fair, Eric Fear. And I just thought, how small of an awful little man do you have to be to get rid of someone because they wanted to go watch their child be born? You'd have to be a small little man. That's a genuinely terrible you'd, thing. You'd have to be so small and little that you could be a coach in the NFL. That's right. Jose Mourinho is the most NFL of all of the Premier League. He, he really, I think he's got a future 
That's possibly right. coaching the Giants. Yeah, they're just going to swap. <laughs> Mourinho will coach the Giants or the Patriots, and Bill Belichick is going over there mm-hmm. to coach Manchester United. It's happening. All right, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about that. Let's get back to talking about Glenn Mason. No, I'm just kidding. Are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Got my own cardboard cut out over here with notes scrawled all <laughs> over it. Um, so you are reasonably happy with the Wilds offseason. Not not earth-shaking. I'm glad. I, I am glad they re-signed Dumb and Zucker. I think those were both good moves. I, I, I think I can't think of a reason to be mad about it. And for the very few of you out there who follow me on Twitter and know that my entire shtick is pretending to be mad about everything, that is a, quite an endorsement of the deal. <laughs> Local angry man, not angry. Can I tell you the one wild move I did like? They signed JT Brown, who's from Rosemont. That's her face. Go Rosemont. Mm-hmm. And he also, I had forgotten this, but he's the son of former Viking Ted Brown. And nothing makes me happier than when sons or brothers or other familial relations in Minnesota come to another generation. The best example is Vinny Letary, former gopher hockey forward Vinny Letary, who was Tino, former Minnesota Strikers goalie Tino Letary's son and Lou Nanny's grandson. Right? right? But I believe so. But didn't he also have to leave the gopher hockey program because he was tired of everyone going, that's Lou Nanny's grandson. No, I don't remember. He left and he went to the Rangers? I don't have any time. I'm going to need Wade or possibly our good friend Giles to fact check this portion of the podcast. There is some chance Giles will burst into the house. (laughs) Giles, I need you here to get all of the names right and also tell me who I'm talking about. We should have invited Giles over to to talk about this stuff. Giles' Vinny Letary siren is going (laughs) off. Someone somewhere is talking about Vinny Letary. All right, um, that's I. The, the Wild signed a couple other guys. They signed a third pair defenseman named Greg Patternin, Pasternak, Pastor something. What, why Patternin? Why am I talking about people I don't know their names? I, that is my question. Yes. Well, we've fallen this far, Dave. I've mm. already mispronounced everyone's name so far. But that time you just made up a name. No, he's definitely a solid third pair defenseman. I read all about it. Okay. It was on the internet. Okay. Um, to, to, to transition to another sport that on July 26th is on everybody's mind. I want to talk to you, Dave, because you're one of the few remaining gopher football experts out there in the world. They, the rest of them have moved on. They're all, they, they moved to other cities, but you are still plugged in to the PJ Fleck era gophers. So tell me who is going to play quarterback this fall? There are two gentlemen that they... See, we did that last year. There were two gentlemen, and we couldn't but, remember their names. In, in this... Do you know their names? Yes. One is named Tanner Morgan, and neither That's one of those is the first name. name. Neither of those is the first name. <laughs> and uh, one is named... Morgan Tanner, attorneys at law. One, Yeah, he, he is a law firm. Yep. It's, he's the opposite of an SEC quarterback. If That's he had right. two first names, he would be an SEC quarterback. But <laughs> if he, he was John last... Robert Morgan, everything would be fine. But he has two last names, so he had to come to the Big Ten. Um, and we also have a gentleman from, named Zach Anikstad, and I might be pronouncing that wrong. I believe he's from Norseland, Minnesota. That can't be right. Or, That's not a real town or a real person. Or, he is something like that. Okay. Um, 
he one is a uh, Morgan is a redshirt freshman. Okay. Anikstad is a true freshman. They have no other quarterbacks that anyone knows. <laughs> They're about. out of quarterbacks. That's it. Uh, the Do they have any for, former uh, Eastridge star? Seth Green has moved to tight end, and no. we're, we're excited. So many Gopher football fans are excited because they've wanted every quarterback for the last fifteen years to move to tight end. They wanted Weber at tight end. They wanted Leidner at tight end. They wanted Shortell at tight end. They wanted... To be fair, at least two of the people you just named would have been better tight ends than quarterbacks. They were they were tight ends playing quarterback. Chris but... Streveler was absolutely... Didn't he go on to become like a Division II All-Star? Chris Streveler, this is why you follow your dreams, kids. Chris Streveler, who once went one for seven passing against San Jose State... And then endeared himself to the fans forever by shooting finger guns after the one completion. <laughs> Which was like a five-yard out. Mm-hmm. And this, as I recall, because we were at that game, I recall there was a weather delay for like 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. By the time the thunderstorm was over, there were like 3,000 people left in the stands. So everyone was sitting. It was like a junior high game. Mm-hmm. And then Strebler competed his five-yard out and shot finger guns at this guy. And the whole crowd gave him a standing ovation. Yes. Uh, he transferred after that year to South Dakota. <laughs> after that day. <laughs> he transferred that night. Well, he, he transferred to South Dakota where he became a, uh, 1AA All-American and is now in the CFL. Oh, that so is. This is, stick with it, kids. A guy that, the, even the Gophers who have had just a mess of quarterback for most of my adult life couldn't use him and he became an All-American. Where have you gone, Ricky Foggy? Yes. And and I I believe he's coaching somewhere in town, isn't he? I think that's right. Like Orono? Is he coaching coaching North? Uh, No, maybe. I don't know. Ricky Foggy is coaching somebody. Wade? Possibly Giles? Is Giles a high school school football expert? I don't have any idea. I don't think so. We're going to need somebody to look up where Ricky Foggy is coaching. But anyway, uh, they had three new quarterbacks this year, uh, including uh, Vic Viramontes, <laughs> who, as I believe I noted before, I thought the stuff he did with Kiss was better than the stuff he did with the Vic Viramontes invasion. Uh, but That's a deep cut, but it's a good one. I, that one is only for Stu. <laughs> Stu, uh, Stu, I did that for you, man. Stu has five tweets already lined up about uh-huh. why the Vic Viramontes invasion was even better than Kiss. But he was a junior college transfer. He was the highest regarded. People were the most excited about him. I remember this. We got to the spring game. He was, I believe, over seven passing, and he fumbled twice. Wow. And after after the spring game, transferred back to junior college, where he'll now be moving to linebacker. (laughs) That is is a Streveler-like career path right there. That was... One of the bigger fizzles of someone people were excited about. Wasn't he? I I have some recollection that he was the number one Juco quarterback in the country. Like, he was very well regarded, wasn't he? He he was well regarded, although I think everybody got a little nervous when they saw his highlight tape from the Juco. And, like, the first six plays on the highlight tape that I think even the Gophers tweeted out is like, "Here's, here's our new commit. And the first six plays were like him scrambling for first downs. So you gotta you gotta wonder if he was well known to be rated highly. Who did that rating exactly? Were they watching a different I quarterback? Think, I think there were a number of qualifiers on the number one rating. Okay, it was like the number one rating of dual threat quarterbacks who have only spent a year at junior college. 
Every other JUCO quarterback played in the wishbone this year. Yes. It was a wishbone only year, the JUCO junior college level. So they, there were high hopes. I, I think a lot of people were kind of expecting a you know very Leidner-esque player. And right. Instead, we got a guy who couldn't hang on to the ball or throw it. So that that is already a, a disappointment at the quarterback position. Right. So now we're down to a redshirt freshman, which I recognize that there are reasons to keep a redshirt on a guy, but if redshirt freshman Tanner Morgan couldn't get into a game last year with the Gophers quarterbacks, I worry about his quality. Well, I, there are a number of guys who were redshirted last year that they could have used, and they, I think P.J. Fleck figured out pretty quickly that they were not going anywhere last year and decided to keep the redshirt on as many guys as he could. Yeah, that's fair. Although this year they've changed the redshirt rules. Yes, they have. Now you can play four games. It's like everybody gets a half redshirt year. That's true. And I believe I would be very surprised if uh, at least Zach Anikstead doesn't play in four games. I think they're going to be trying to get as many snaps as they can. Right. I think... It's like they're going to do that for everybody. The first four games of the year, they're going to play 115 different players in those games. Well, given the Gophers' injury situation from last year, I think they're welcoming it. I'm pretty sure last year in the defensive backfield, they were down to like the guys that they let walk on just because they seemed like good guys. Right. And those were guys, you know, Guys who are freshmen and who were walk-ons and not expected to play were starting in the yeah. middle of the season because so many guys got hurt or suspended. Weren't they also down to three offensive linemen, three tight ends, and a defensive lineman that had started lining up on the other side of the ball or something like that? I, I don't think so, but I, I remember... They really needed to sign some guys out of St. Thomas. I, I rem- Yeah, well, we don't, in have mid- their, in mid-season. we don't have the recruiting budget St. Thomas does. <laughs> um, I, I think... The offensive line, I remembered being a disaster. And then the reviews I read and looking at the stats from last year, they were actually kind of okay to find. Kind of They've got a couple of guys that they're expecting to play well. Sam Schluter, I believe. Sure. Uh, was a highly rated recruit. Uh, the kid from Marshall, Lacey Ooh, Andrews. Isn't that kid like six foot nine and 450 yes, he, pounds? He, they do have a kid who is legit listed at 400 from Florida, who's a freshman this year. All right. Who was... Ab- I believe... I appreciate the lack of lying more than anything. I, I believe, yeah, this is... that. That's some... Usually you get... Wisconsin especially. You get guys who are listed at 395 and 390 yeah, and... 398. Meanwhile, they have a helmet that's actually two helmets <laughs> welded together in the middle. Uh, I hate to tell you, buddy, but... I think your scale stops at 398. <laughs> that's why you're waiting. Who was it? I think it was Nate Newton that said, I'm not the first lineman to be... Li- Way 400 pounds. I'm just the first one to admit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Right. Uh, so, yeah, the, the quarterback position is not deep and questionable. All right. Well, but, that's a recipe for success, right? Uh, yes, yes. But the plus side is they did complete the schedule last year despite not having anybody at quarterback. Right. They played in all their games, yes. even the road games. They, they, they showed up and... Uh, someone took the snap on every on pretty much every play. <laughs> they never punted on a second down. At, at no point did they snap it to the air and think, oh, we forgot to bring a quarterback. That's that hyper mentality, Dave, that mm-hmm. not punting on second down. I forget which of the HYPRRs it is, I, but why, probably why? P, I guess. No <laughs> punting on second down with a big P. <laughs> uh, they, 
Yeah, basically last year they had an offense that was designed to get three and a half yards of play. And if anything went wrong, they were punting. <laughs> if any little thing went wrong. They still they still have the the very few good things from the offense last year are back, specifically Tyler Johnson and Rodney Smith. Tyler Johnson, if I remember correctly, was literally their only wide receiver last he, year. He was their only wide receiver who could catch, and I'm not really even joking about Didn't that. Didn't we look at the stats last year and discover that Tyler Johnson was the only guy who caught more than four passes or something it, it, it's ridiculous something like, like that? that? And if, if you look at the numbers for targeted versus caught, he was the only one who caught more than half the passes that were thrown <laughs> Right, which is not necessarily the fault of the receivers. Yeah, I believe they do have a couple of uh, freshmen that they're – vaguely excited about although that's happened before and True. It, it turned out that every year i i don't know i don't know if rashad still is still with the program but yeah it was like when they had do, drew wolitarski and then every year there was oh there were four more guys they're really excited mm-hmm. about and then wolitarski would catch 82 passes as the next guy would catch 19 yes and, and that's and a tight end would run a couple screens for a tight end for some reason that that is Essentially, what I want to see out of the receivers, and we do have, uh, you know, in the sons of people, Omar Douglas's kid will be back. Really? He, he, he got hurt last year, and I wound up redshirting. But that guy is now my favorite Gopher football player. Yes. Bring on the legacies. Yes. Um, they just need enough receivers to show up so that Tyler Johnson can do awesome things. <laughs> so the defense legitimately can't put four cornerbacks on Tyler yes, Johnson. Yes, because that is what was happening by the end of the season last right. year, and that's why they didn't score points in the last two There's games. an equipment manager standing at the other side at the mm-hmm. split-end position, not even wearing a helmet, chewing on a dilly bar. Yes. And there is, on the plus side, I, I do have some hope that Seth Green will be a legit threat at tight end because – Especially in the kill era, it was sort of fun to have, you know, amazing tight ends. Mm-hmm. And it, it is something that can, I think, in modern offenses, tight ends can be a legit, a tight end that can both block and split out and run routes and catch passes is a big deal. Because right. as I've seen it said before, when you're calling a defense, you you have to base it on the personnel the offense right. is on, not the formation. So if you can have a couple of tight ends in the game and then come out with five guys split wide and you have a guy who can legitimately beat corners like Max Williams could, for example, right. that's a huge asset for an offense to be able to sw- switch up formations without... Because odds are you're going to get an outside linebacker covering a wide receiver or yes. something like that. Um, now, whether they'll do any of that is an open question because... I think with PJ Flex personality, there was an assumption from everybody that we were going to have a super fun offense. Right. Um, There's going to be all trick plays. Yes. And A11. It was just going to be crazy stuff that no one ever thought of. And so when last year's offense was mostly slamming it between the tackles and forcing it to a double covered Tyler Johnson, I think people were pretty disappointed. <laughs> right. It was. It was a very 1978 offense. Because, and I think that was that was mostly due to the coaching staff going, well, there's not a lot else we can do. But <laughs> What can we run without getting called for a penalty? <laughs> How about we run it between the tackles? Right. Um, I, I, I will say uh, they didn't really impress anybody in terms of how can we put these guys in the, a position to succeed. So 
Right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they do on offense. But re- really, with Fleck, what's going on? They're recruiting. They're, they're out there recruiting. Mm-hmm. So what they're is covering this? every corner of the country. Yep. I don't know. We're going Southern accent for this. Well, I think if you're going to talk recruiting, you have yeah, to talk recruiting. Southern accent. Soccer Lina. They're going to Soccer Lina. Is that, that's a, all I can is do that a Southern accent? That's all I can do. That wasn't a very good Southern accent, was it? Uh, yeah. Um, Let's talk more about Eric Belenge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or as I like to call him, Eric Blanger. Eric Belanger. Uh, the defense, we're hoping to be better. The defense, the defensive secondary should be better now that half the starting secondary isn't suspended. Mm. Um, Antoine Winfield's kids will be, Perfect. Will be back. Um, I'm buying already. I, I think they're thin still in the defensive backfield. They're okay at linebacker um, with uh, Marion Barber's younger brother in Perfect. I like um, what you're telling me here. Um, and uh, Carter Coughlin from Eden Prairie. Ooh, um, they one are, of us. They are very thin on the defensive line, and that's oh. a problem. As, as we saw the Vikings defense prove in the playoffs last year, when the line is getting whooped, you can't stop a lot of people. There's not a lot to do about it. Mm-hmm. As we saw from the Gophers last year with their last two games, which they lost by a combined score of, and don't fact check this, Wade, 142 to minus 7. You're surprisingly not far I'm not off. that far off, yeah. I believe it was 71 to nothing. Oh, that is... And I'm, I'm the dis- truth hurts more than the hyperbole. I, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed that nobody asked that question. The question I wanted to hear asked at Big Ten Media Days was really, you know, like all questions I want asked, just a spurious <laughs> allegation of incompetence. <laughs> the question I wanted to ask was, Coach, you lost your last two games by a combined score of 71 to nothing. I don't have a question. <laughs> Coach, you lost your last two games. Will you leave town? <laughs> will if you do it again? Will you name one of your children after me? <laughs> Mr. Swamp Town, is it? How did you yes. get into this conference? Mr. You got a warrant? Fingers 69. Mr. Fingers with a Z. The blow it out your B-hole <laughs> times. <laughs> what publication are you from? St. <laughs> Olaf would be so embarrassed if they knew what their professors were up to. Yes. All right, let's go for football. That may be our go for football preview for the year, which, again, doing it in July is... Do I, do I have to predict a record? Um, you don't have to, but I'll take it. Uh, I think there's... I th- Most of the predictions I see out there are eh, eh, about 500. Yep. I do think they've got three non-conference games they should win. If they start the year by losing to New Mexico State or by getting pantsed by Fresno State, oh, no. um, I think there's a legitimate chance they'll lose double-digit games. Oh, that's not what I want to hear, Dave. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of toss-ups. And yeah, kind they, of an optimistic look on your face there. And I was excited that you were going to predict they'd go eight and four. I, I heard somebody on a podcast say that they were going to go eight and four and nine and three. So mm. all the people who aren't the and most, you're going with two and ten. All the people who aren't the most negative man in the world are much more <laughs> bullish on the Gophers than I. Let's am. talk. Why do you play the most negative man in the world on Twitter? I would say... Are you? Do you feel like you need to inject a dose of cynicism into Twitter? Because i got to tell you, Twitter can do without extra cynicism. Well, it's Twitter. That's true. No, you, it's hard to be upbeat on Twitter. I, I maintain that Dave's nice tweets about how you should try harder are not really going <laughs> to... Try hard and be friends. Yeah. Go out there and do your best. Are, are not Dave. really going to drive the engagement At DaveMRTH on Twitter. <laughs> Boy, that's helpful, Dave. All right, that's good. And, and we are all about driving engagement in our family. Yes, and, uh, you know, after 
30 some years of this stuff, I've, I, I've made constant attempts to be pre disappointed and pre furious. Right. And it's never once made me happier, and I wish it could stop, but I can't. <laughs> the past has been a real drag on your optimism. <laughs> yes. The facts are always hard to so... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's all go out there and be optimistic this year. All right, so Dave's selling on the Gophers. I want to also ask you about our Minnesota United. Are you buying or are you selling? They've won... Three, they won three games in a week, which I I recognize that doesn't sound like much, but they hadn't done it since 2015 or something like that. 2014, maybe, that are, they had gone without are, winning three, are, league, are, three are, games are, in a row. Are we back to remembering that United used to be a franchise in the minor leagues? I think we always were there. But, uh, well, I was, but the franchise themselves int- insists on pretending that they had to build the team from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was nothing we could do. We had such a short timeline. Don't pay attention that our, we had a team on the field that whole time. You, you would like, you would imagine if you knew nothing about it that there had never been soccer in Minnesota before last year, <laughs> and they had to go out and find somebody who could ship a soccer ball to Minnesota <laughs> the first thing, and that's why they didn't get around to signing any players until. 14 minutes before the first game. Where do we even get a soccer goal? Do you know how big a soccer goal is? I I think that's a soccer goal. No, that's a lacrosse goal. My kid plays lacrosse. (laughs) Well, we need a bigger one than that. Pretty sure a soccer goal is bigger than that. So they've made many excuses involving the franchise not being there in the first place. And we're supposed to ignore the fact that the franchise has been there for a number of years. Dave, this... And we are, we are also, I believe, not supposed to compare them to Atlanta, who did not have a franchise at the time and is now the best team in the league. Uh, Dave, this deflection of the original question in the veering into a personal vendetta is exactly what I was hoping for. We are. That is my style. I'm glad it's also your style. We are on brand tonight. We are. We but, are drinking the haterade. I will say, having been very negative now and gotten that off my chest, mm-hmm. you have to give them credit for the Darwin Quintero signing. That has been a great thing. Because so far, I, when they signed him, I said, oh, great, a 30-year-old forward slash attacking midfielder who the Mexican League considers washed up, that's going to be just spectacular. What is Spanish for Vadim Dimitov? And instead, he has looked like... You, when you hear... Every so often you hear stories of like a guy who's in the majors who's playing in somebody's rec league because he, a friend of a friend was playing and he came along and right. got him to play. And occasionally he just sort of turns it on to remind everybody that he's a pro. That's what he looks like in MLS. Right. He looks like he's got the cheat codes a little bit. Yeah. He, he just, he continues 
taking all the the incredible amounts of space that MLS defenses allow to everyone because no one likes to practice defense in MLS because it it's so boring, Dave. It, it doesn't bring the defense. Kids in. Ah. Uh, Let's get Wayne Rooney in here, and he continues to make everyone look completely ridiculous in every game, yeah. and it. In a way, it makes me feel bad because he's he's out there exposing just what a garbage <laughs> league this is. No, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Dave. You got to be more positive than that. I don't know why. I, I mean, it just, I like it because he's scoring goals for my team, but I feel bad because it shouldn't, it doesn't seem like it should be this easy. Right. Maybe he's just amazing. Maybe we should just focus on Darwin Quintero being amazing rather than, say, LAFC's backup defenders being disgustingly yeah, that, awful. That was that was something, wasn't it? Boy, I I can't say enough for getting to play a team that had to play a game in the middle of the week and then fly halfway across the country. That is a good place to be in. If you can do it, I recommend you do that every time because yes. it works out great. That that was a very we we don't get a lot of experience with the whole Europa League game on Thursday thing here in America, right. but that was a team that played an important European game two days before the game game. Yeah, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of oh that I didn't know that guy was still on LAFC. Well, it, Bob Bradley must believe and going to run him out. Nope, that went very poorly for them, and it was so good. We've seen so many Minnesota United games where Minnesota United was the team that was getting embarrassed mm-hmm. while other teams ran rampant. It was nice for once for Minnesota United to be the team that was embarrassing someone else. Yes. It was enjoyable to watch. I don't think we should think more deeply than that. But here's the thing. They have been great at home. They've been garbage on the road. They have been home a lot lately. Now... They they go on the road this week. I think they're in Vancouver this week. Then they've got a home game against Seattle. And then that game is on August 4th. They're not home again until September 22nd. I, I, I do appreciate how blatantly MLS is willing to make a schedule unbalanced. Like DC was opening a new stadium in the, the middle of the season, like af, after half the games. And they'd played one game at home. Right. They were just, MLS was willing to be like, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Play 16 straight home games. That's and, fine. And the same for United. It's too cold to play in March here. And it, they can't play in the fall because the Gophers there. Right. So we'll just schedule all your home games in the summer. Right. June, July, and August. Mm-hmm. You're going to be home the whole time. And for sure last year they did not take advantage of their massive home stand. So it's nice to see them do it. It's, it was a little strange because I thought that they were going to have one of the best home advantages in the league. And they were fine. But my theory was they got weird turf that bounces weird. And also it's a long flight for everybody to get to Minnesota. I guess with the exception of Chicago and Kansas City, everybody else has got to fly halfway across the country. Whereas if you're a team out east, sometimes you get to take the train from New York to Philadelphia or whatever, and then only sometimes you have to fly over Which to Which takes longer California. and is worse. But... Well, whatever. You know what I mean. It's it's closer. <laughs> it's not a longer flight. You know what I mean, Dave. We're not going to argue about transportation policy. We're just going to take that topic and put it in a boxcar. And what, why put it, push it into the ocean? You told me to come prepared with topics, and now you're just ruining them all. Transportation policy, transportation policy, and Glenn right, Mason. Right. You won't let me talk about either one. Now prepare for 35 <laughs> minutes from Dave on light rail funding. 
Grumble, grumble, <laughs> etc. I'm going to go ahead and bleep out all the references to the Met Council. And we're back. <laughs> Dave has <laughs> just been 40 minutes frothing at the mouth, talking about light rail funding, and now we're back to regular sports topic. Uh, how many of those were libelous? Because I can, I can make them more libelous. I think it oh, no, wait, would be better slander. to think about the ones that were not slanderous. <laughs> if we can find any of those, I'll be sure to put them as an well, extra. Well, if you find any that weren't slanderous, you I'll go them. back and I'll make them slanderous. You take them right out of it. That part where I said the train engineers are trying their best, they're not. They're drunken louts. They all deserve to die. Wow. Boy, that, that got dark. Um, so you are, you didn't actually say, are you buying or selling on the list? I am continuing to be sold. I think it's disappointing that Adrian Heath is... Not attempting to save his job by destroying any chance of building for the future. I, I, they're not going anywhere. They might go and somewhere, though. Un, unlike the Wild, they don't really have a chance to win most nights. Hmm. I, and I think it would be, if they're going to continuously be terrible on defense and sort of fun going forward. I Very would, fun going I, forward. I, I, would, I would like to see them do that with guys that they think they can use after next year instead of Colin Warner and Rasmus Schuler and Ibs, the 75-year-old Ibsen. I would like to see Colin Martin in there for Ibsen. I feel like Colin Martin's got a lot of useful skills. I, gotta, I, I get the sense he could play probably all three midfield positions, and Ibsen's 1,000 years old. I would like to see a little bit more of that down the stretch, but... The attack's been good. I'm excited to see um, Romario Ibarra as, out left because Alexi Gomez has been pretty bad out there. And I'd like to see anybody play out there except for Gomez. And Romario Ibarra is the second designated player signing? Uh, no, that was Angelo Rodriguez. Okay. I'm not excited to see Angelo Rodriguez because I don't know why he's in Minnesota. They have because they signed a contract. Well, you know what I mean. That is a soccer fact. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) scribble, 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 scribble. (laughs) These notes are good, Dave. I I will be changing my uh, Twitter handle to at soccer knower. Yeah, soccer insider. Mm -hmm. MPLS. Yeah, who's going to be writing the columns now? Huh? Yeah, that's it. That's (laughs) the end for me. I'll call the editor. Um, (laughs) he. I don't quite understand why they signed Angelo Rodriguez. I think they have not only Christian Ramirez, who I think I still think is better than a lot of people give him credit for, but they also have a number of young strikers who could use the minutes if they're not going to play Ramirez or if Ramirez gets hurt. So I don't know why you look and you sign a guy who's a 29-year-old veteran from a second-tier South American league rather than giving a chance to some of the guys you have behind him. I, de- I didn't understand that one. The Abara signing was pretty obvious because they definitely need someone. They've needed a left wing since they traded Sam Nicholson away. I also, they, they've been lining up with three center backs and two wing backs lately and putting Miguel Abara at the right one. I'd like to see Eric Miller play the left one. I think he's got something to offer going forward. I also think it would be an idea to put Miller at center back and let Francisco Calvo play the left wing back because he likes going forward. And that's where he plays for Costa Rica. I'd like to see either one of those things. I'd like to see Romario Abara. I just don't want Alexi Gomez in there anymore. And I'd like Eric Miller to get in there partially because I think he's a really good player, but partially because he's from Woodbury and I'm a parochial idiot. I I, I approve of your parochialism. Dave approves this message. Mm-hmm. 
At Soccer Noah on Twitter. He's not, Eric Miller, as far as I know, is not the son of a former Viking, but he is marrying a Coleman. So he's now part of the first, yeah, yeah, the first family. That means he, he can't be moved. That's right. He has to stay. Just like uh, Brian Coleman, who's been playing under a fake name for the last few years. <laughs> There's a number of... The Colemans are the same. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> There's a number of teams around the world that will only sign certain players. Like Chivas in Mexico only signs Mexican nationals. At some point, there will be enough Colmans and Lagoses around that Minnesota United can only select its players from the Colman and Lagos branches. And I, for one, look forward to that day. I, I think we all look forward to that day. <laughs> Just right. as long as they sign some defenders. Yeah, someday. But again, Dave, it's not they, fun. They, they do, yeah, they do have a very strong commitment to soccer dingers. <laughs> And the call, I mean, if they go with the Coleman strategy, they're very, yeah, they're just, all defenders. That, that's it. It's, the Coleman is a defensive, it's a defensive clan. It, it's like uh, Real Madrid with uh, Zinedans and E. Pavonis. This is Coleman's E. forwards. Yeah. Just, just a bunch of Coleman's in the back and then forwards. Yep. That's all we need. Soccer dingers and Woodbury. Soccer. <laughs> go Woodbury, go dingers. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I got. You got other sports topics you want to bring up? This is your chance. This is your soapbox. <laughs> your sports soapbox. And no, we can't talk about Glenn Mason. We already <laughs> talked about that. You're, you're, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> and we already did the transportation policy segment, Dave. Would you like? <laughs> you said you were going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Dave. Oh, wait. Uh, you're good. You got anything else? Uh, no, nothing else is happening right now. I, I assume the twins will soon be trading anyone that anyone else will take, which is probably zero people. But well, they have some guy. I mean, any team would take Ed Escobar. You know why? Because Ed Escobar is everyone's friend. The the one tweet I saw said somebody was interested, but they've realized he can't play shortstop. I don't care. Ed Escobar would improve any team in the major leagues, and I will hear no. No dissension for this. I don't think Chicken Fingers knows where you live. No, you he absolutely. He's been to my house. Oh, boy. Well, he doesn't know where I live. Ed so. is great. I do like Ed. He seems so pleasant. He, he does seem pleasant. But he he's like also... A, a he's, fun gentleman. He's also a free agent after the year, along with everybody on the team. So Yeah, they really... They have like three guys under contract for next year. And it's not a good three. I think it... Yeah, it's Reed and... Logan Morrison, no, and Michael Pineda. He's yeah, yeah, yeah Reedon and Pineda. They got an and, option on Morrison, I think, and an which option, they will be declining, and an option on Irv Santana. Yeah, and oh, yeah, Jason Castro. They also have Castro. Well, I mean, that's the rock you build the, your team. Yeah, on. the Castro, Reed, and, and Michael Pineda. Michael Pineda. That's, that's what that's, you need for next year. They really have. They have set this up because the boy geniuses are going to dazzle us all with their signings, such as Logan Morrison, Fernando Rodney, Addison Rodney. Rodney's been fine. you got to give him credit for that. And for certain values, it's fine. I guess fine. there was a time back when the Twins were not 153 games out of the uh-huh. race. There was a time that we all were not real happy with the Fernando Rodney experience. Right. And I, I guess it's true to say that I can't quite tell if the Fernando Rodney experience has improved, which I think it has. Or the games just don't matter enough anymore. I, I think when he does crazy things, nobody cares anymore. So I, I like him. I, I like Fernando Rodney. There I said it. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I liked the I like the arrow shooting thing. I like when Logan Morrison ran over to point it where it went. I thought that was fun. 
because they used to be teammates. I just, I like the Fernando Rodney experience. I don't want it back for another year, but I'm enjoying it this year. There I said it. I mean, the whole team. Address your emails to Dave at thesportive.com. Next year, we're going to answer the question, why don't they make the whole team out of Lance Lynn? (laughs) So. No! The games will take 43 hours to play. We're just, we've got that to look forward to. Can they trade Lance Lynn today? Did they trade Lance Lynn while we were doing this podcast? Uh, how would I would trade him for anything. Again, beans, magic, or otherwise. This, this is the you know, the problem with the Twins deciding whether they'll be buyers or sellers is they have nothing to sell. They're not seriously thinking about being buyers, are they? I can't imagine. Boy, the boy geniuses would have to be crazy to think like that. Well, the boy geniuses would have to wake up and look at what the team's doing. So, Is Paul Fenton one of the boy geniuses? <laughs> Let's bring this full circle. I, I mean, again, it, does it sound that far from Derek Falvey or Thad Falvey or <laughs> Derek Levine? Thad Fenton? Derek Levine? Le, Le Derek Falvey? Oh, man. <laughs> They're all the same man. <laughs> It goes all the way to the all the way to the down. This goes all the way down. It turtles all the way down, Dave. <laughs> Paul Fenton's all the way down. <laughs> Paul Fenton's all the way down. There's a good podcast total. Okay, uh, that's all I got. It's summertime. We actually did a podcast. Uh, we're hoping that everybody's summer activities are pretty much over with. It, there's been a lot of baseball being played by. Chicken Fingers as many kids. I think somehow Stu is even playing baseball. Brandon just got his 100th win. Yeah, that's true. 100 wins. That's a lot of wins. That's 98 more than Andrew Elbers ever got in the major leagues. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Well, Brandon's not here. And somebody had to make that. I'm sure that 49 people already tweeted that at him. But they don't have a podcast that Brandon's on but not here. Poor Brandon. Poor Brandon. This is why you don't ever make a statement. Poor Taco. Never do anything, Taco. Taco Broxy. Taco Broxy, I'm good. Dave, thank you for being here. Thank you for filling in and giving your thoughts on the Met Council funding the Southwest Light Rail Line. That's definitely something we're going to publish on the internet. Well, good. It's important (laughs) to get the truth out there finally. (laughs) It's important that beep... (laughs) And we're done. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.